0: welcome back to is it horror i'm brianna
1: i'm joe i'm matt
0: i'm Mitz, and i'm steve thanks for coming and joining us again here at is it horror we are going to be doing something a little bit different for this episode for our christmas episode Uh, most of the time obviously we're talking about horror movies and we're figuring out well if they are horror movies or not but Because Christmas is tomorrow, or at least it will be when we release this, we are going to be talking about whether or not not a movie is a Christmas movie. And the conversation usually for whether or not a movie is a Christmas movie tends to always land back on Die Hard. So we are going to be asking that question, whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Now you might be asking yourself, why would we be concerning ourselves with that on a podcast looking at horror movies. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is my brother really likes Christmas as much as I like Halloween. So there's that side of it.
2: And two, shut up. That's why. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> Sorry, you can also, say the real two.
0: <laughs> no, you know, shut up. That's a good one. It's our show. We do what we want. <laughs> No, but the other thing that it comes into play with this is just the idea of classification. Ultimately, that's what we're doing, right? We're looking at these movies and we're trying to see how to classify them, what goes into that. And this is kind of a good exercise to think a little bit more about how we're classifying things by looking at an entirely different classification and analyzing it in that way. And I know, at least for me anyway, during the course of just thinking about how I classify movies, that just looking at Die Hard actually has got me rethinking a lot about how I classify horror movies. But we will talk about that in a moment. Spoiler warning, as always, if you haven't seen Die Hard, definitely go watch it and then come back to the podcast. And, uh, We'll give you a brief synopsis of the movie here. Die Hard came out in 1988 and it was directed by John McTiernan. Uh, Other movies that he directed was The Hunt for Red October, Last Action Hero. He also did another installment in the series with Die Hard with Vengeance. And it was written by Jeb Stuart and Stephen E. D'Souza. And for those of you who for some reason are still listening and haven't gone and watched it and need a synopsis, I will give that to you right now. So ultimately what happens in Die Hard is you've got John McLean, who is a New York cop and he is estranged from his wife and she is now living and working in California. So he goes there to visit her on Christmas and she is still at work in her uh, in the big uh, skyscraper building there that the company's located in and so he goes to this Christmas party and the building's pretty much un in like there's no one in the building except for the people on that floor and so they're having this Christmas party when a bunch of terrorists slash robbers show up and they round everybody up but John slips their grasp without them realizing it and throughout the course of the movie, he slowly takes them out one by one while trying to desperately get assistance from anyone and everyone he can get a hold of. And even though he's getting the worst help you can imagine, he manages to pretty much single handedly <laughs> take out all of the
2: terrorists and save the day.
3: Da da da! Da 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 da! da.
2: It's a Christmas miracle.
0: It is a Christmas <laughs> miracle, exactly. So I thought before we even talked about what everyone thought, maybe we should talk a little bit first about what makes a movie a Christmas movie.
1: I was just going to say I have a other question to maybe ask before we get too far into it as well, Um, but we can do that after that. Okay, sounds good,
0: unless you want to go now, because that would be okay too.
1: Okay, well, my question was going to be, what is everybody's favorite Christmas movie and why? Apart from this, since we're still, uh, you know, going to debate this one.
2: I think that's a good question, just in terms of if you can quantify or qualify what your favorite Christmas movie is, then you can say why that is and why that's a Christmas movie and debate about Die Hard, so...
3: I'm first telling you my favorite Christmas movie. Yes. But it can't be this one. we'll worry one.
0: about other questions in a moment.
3: Okay, because I have a Christmas trifecta that happens every year, and this is part of the triad. But my favorite Christmas movie is probably Muppet Christmas Carol because Gonzo is life.
1: Oh, dang, yes. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I've really, like, I always, like, I can hate Christmas, and I will still watch that movie, because that is a golden film. Except they took that one song out of it, those rat bastards. Sorry, Rizzo, but the seriously. Love is gone. I, oh, it just, it tears my soul out. I can't believe they cut that. VHS for life. Just saying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when that song is gone, it's just as heartbreaking. It's terrible.
2: Oh, my God, I didn't even realize that they, I just watched this with Mitts. And I didn't even realize that they cut that out of it. Yeah. Oh,
3: I swear at the screen every time because I forget every year and then I play it on Netflix and I'm like, God damn it. They cut that song. That is such a poor decision.
0: (laughs) It kind of reminds me, not to go on a little bit of a tirade, but there was a thing that I was watching. It was actually, um, if anyone watches Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs on Shudder, he also used to do Monster Vision on I want to say either TNT or TBS. I forget which of the networks, but he used to watch it. But he was talking about how there is this thing that happens unintentionally sort of among streaming services where they end up censoring stuff, but not because anyone's asking them to. It's just movies and sequences from movies end up disappearing over time because someone's sitting there, an executive, and they're saying, hey, we should put this movie on here. And then someone is having the conversation of, Well, there's that one part, and it's a little bit awkward. Oh, shoot, that's a little bit awkward. Well, we don't even want to deal with that. So before there's any complaints, any letters, anyone saying anything, they just Mm -hmm. either don't have it on the service, or they remove that sequence from the service. And so quietly, you're getting all of these movies censored or just out and out disappearing because the streaming services are trying to cover their ass over time. Damn the man. Yeah, it's frustrating and sad.
1: (laughs) tyre right over
3: and <laughs> scene
1: not to be a copycat but before you said anything mine was definitely muppets christmas carol <gasps> that has always been a classic for me uh we i watch it every year without fail yeah the muppets are just great
4: uh well this is kind of awkward because <laughs> i was going to say that if you had asked me this question a year ago or so, I would've said that my favorite Christmas movie is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. But at this point, I've watched it so many times, I don't even wanna watch it anymore. However, I watched Muppets Christmas Carol with Matt last week, and that has become my new favorite. So I swear I thought Ooh. of that before any of you said anything. Because I uh, I like I just like A Christmas Carol as, as a story anyway, like it's my favorite Christmas story. And it was definitely my favorite, like, iteration of that story I've ever seen just because it's so cute. And Scrooge was really well cast. So, yeah, mine's also a Muppet Christmas Carol now at this moment.
2: So I think what we've all agreed on is, for once, Muppet Christmas Carol is the de facto perfect Christmas movie. Okay. Truth.
0: (laughs) I am on board with that. That is absolutely... (laughs) That was going to be mine, too.
2: So, yeah. (laughs) Okay.
4: This is now a Christmas podcast.
2: (laughs) Okay. So, I'm going to offer up one differing suggestion, even though we know who the real king is. uh, I would also offer up The Santa Claus as being one of my favorite Christmas movies. Probably a close second to Muppet Christmas Carol. That is a good one, too.
0: I think, for me, if I was to choose a close second, whether I'm not sure that I would say that I mean I enjoy this movie that I'm about to name, it's not like I don't, but I don't like it as much as I've seen it, which is home Alone. I like Home Alone just fine, and I really liked it growing up, and in some ways, it's kind of die hard for kids, so there's that but uh
4: <laughs> i
0: yeah, it's one that I end up watching just about every year as well
4: okay i have a controversial question then do you think the first or the second movie is better
3: oh that's not even come on now
4: i absolutely (laughs) love the second movie
3: what
4: i think the second movie is so much better than the first movie i think it's more
1: Christmassy
3: too
4: oh well controversial opinion
3: I respect your controversial opinion. I'm going
0: to alienate some of our audience here, but, you know, one thing that Home Alone 1 has over Home Alone 2 is I've searched that entire movie, and Home Alone 1 does not have Donald Trump in it, so already it seems better than 2 to me. (laughs) Bam!
2: Make Home Alone great again. Come on.
4: Honestly, I heard the new one was terrible. I haven't seen it, but my students said it was terrible.
0: I heard it was pretty bad as well, but then I guess there's at least two other Home Alone movies without
3: Macaulay Culkin that I haven't watched yet.
2: Yeah, they don't exist in my mind.
3: Wasn't there a petition to redo it with adult Macaulay Culkin?
2: (laughs) I think there was, yeah.
4: Just to recreate Die Hard with Macaulay Culkin. But instead of Germans, it's just the bandits again. They never learn.
2: I think all of those are good ideas.
0: <laughs> I just think Macaulay Culkin should be in more stuff anyway. I watched the Agreed. first half of the newest season of American Horror Story, and he was in it,
4: and it was great.
3: Oh, it's so good. Agreed. Well,
4: cool.
0: So we've got everyone's favorite Christmas movie, which we is the same one because it should be, and uh, that's just morally <laughs> right in a lot of ways. So then we'll go ahead... <laughs> And we'll look at what makes a Christmas movie to you. And so feel free to just anybody jump in on this one. But what do you think makes a Christmas movie?
3: Well, there has to be a careful Venn diagram of things that have to happen throughout the course of the film. There has to be family ties that need to get mended somehow. And then there also needs to be some kind of romance. doesn't necessarily have to be the main characters, but there needs to be an overarching romance. It has to – this is a big one. It has to end with a Christmas song or a Christmassy-themed song. Um, And there has to be, like, just a bunch of Christmas or holiday catchphrases and really terrible puns throughout most of the film.
2: God bless us, everyone.
3: There you go. If all of those Venn diagrams happen, or those circles happen, then then we have the Happy Christmas Venn diagram.
0: Okay, so this is a weird thought, but I'm going to throw it out there for the hell of it anyway. Does a Christmas movie necessarily have to take place at Christmas?
3: Yes. Yeah, I think it should. Or in Christmas time around. There has to be snow, usually. Just saying.
2: Yeah, I I think uh definitely that was one of the things that I was thinking of before watching this movie or before watching Die Hard was um I feel that it being Christmas time has to be an important plot point to the movie for it to be for it to be deemed a Christmas movie in my eyes. So there's a lot of things like TV shows will sometimes start around Christmas or books will start in December but sometimes that's not actually integral to the plot in any way so I think that it's important that Christmas actually has something to do with what's going on at the moment
1: I think another thing for me um, is uh, I mean the movie itself matters but uh, what it does or what effect it has on me and in real life matters too. And so for like I'm up at Christmas Carol, for example, that one always makes me think of my family and it makes me think of Christmas time. And like, I always watch it around Christmas to kind of, you know, get the nostalgia and yeah, think about my family, think about happy times and that kind of thing.
0: I think the other thing that I started out at least trying to ask myself a little bit of that question and my initial thought process is that's kind of what Matt said, that Christmas has to be an integral part of the plot, that you couldn't pull Christmas out of the story and still end up with the same story. But I honestly in thinking about this and a conversation that Joe and I had together, it got me rethinking kind of how I classify movies in general. And I started thinking about it more in terms of, uh, all right, so I guess, to backtrack just a little bit in classifying things as horror i wanted something about it to be objective to be able to say okay we can look at these metrics and regardless of what anyone thinks about it this thing's present this thing's not and that makes a horror movie and so that's kind of the way i've been approaching this and looking for it but then one of the things that i've always kind of thought in the back of my head regardless of you what you think of the quality of the movie i've always thought about the idea of art as being a form of communication really that anyone who's making something artistic is trying to be understood trying to get a message out there to people that will understand that message and so if you're looking at some artistic endeavor that way then i kind of view it as it's kind of like the structure of communication so the thing that makes that classifies it one way or the other is the intent maybe of the person that's sending the message the message itself and the person who receives the message which made me ask myself maybe i'm not putting enough weight on the intent of the people making it and maybe i'm putting no weight at all on the way that people receive it and now i'm thinking maybe i should take those things more into consideration in classification so i don't know that made me look more at Die Hard and say outside of what the movie is maybe a big part of whether or not something is a christmas movie and whether or not something is a horror movie is if there's enough people consenting to the idea that it is a christmas movie that it is whatever it is is a horror movie in classification terms so i guess that's the thing because initially i was saying to myself well we'll get into whether or not we think it is or isn't in just a sec but anyway it's just got me thinking about those concepts and how i've been classifying things and making me feel like i need to change it up somewhat so i guess all of that long-winded explanation to say another factor i think and Joe hit on it really too, is how people receive it and how they feel about it. So I think though, let's go ahead and go around. Do you think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie?
4: I feel like this one's going to be divisive.
3: It absolutely is a Christmas movie. The IMDb TV algorithm tells me so, by the way, also there's, there's some weight to this algorithm thing, Steve, I'm telling you.
0: I'm actually leaning more towards that it, that there is something to it i think that there is something to the algorithm and i should have maybe been paying more attention when you've been sending the (laughs) images from your streaming (laughs) services telling what movies are classified as
3: thank you i feel seen i am doing my research and providing my sources i mean it has a scribble on it it's a picture but still it's a source
1: i appreciate it though it's worthwhile (laughs) i i also think it's a christmas movie um there's you know part of my head that says no it's not but my heart Always says, yes, for me, it is a Christmas movie.
2: Uh, I was going into watching this and thinking that it was not a Christmas movie, but I think I may have changed my mind on it. So so that's a hard maybe.
4: Yeah. I love this movie. I will watch it every December, but it is not a Christmas movie. Huh. Shock. My God. Just imagine the Maury crowd right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I went into it before watching it saying, yes, yes it is. Then I watched it and then I finished up with it and I was like, no, it's not. Then Joe and I had the faithful already already referred to conversation and I did some research and then I came back to it and said, you know what? Yes. Yes, it is. Woo. So <laughs> I guess we'll talk about why So one of the things at least I grabbed some quotes From the director From one of the writers And from Bruce Willis About whether or not they thought it was a Christmas movie And I thought I could maybe share those Before we start getting into our opinions Or I can save them for later Whatever you guys would prefer Let's, Go
1: let's do I that I think we like, should hear like, of, Oh okay
4: Yeah, yeah. screw you
1: got him oh
0: (laughs) so we're doing it now cool
1: so we're doing this all
0: right so uh the first one is from bruce willis and this was during the roast of bruce willis from 2018 where he said die hard is not a christmas movie it's a goddamn Bruce Willis movie, so yippee ki yay! All you motherfuckers, good night. End quote.
2: <laughs> That's
0: literally yeah the end of the quote. So there's his consensus on it.
3: Seems solid.
2: Just like his abs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then there is the co-writer Stephen D or Stephen E. D'Souza who said, some people say to me Die Hard can't be a Christmas movie because you kill people. And I say, was Ellis killed? Yes, we don't see Ellis killed. He's off cam- uh, He's killed off camera. Does that still count? Do off camera deaths count? Yes. Well, if you're counting Ellis, now that you, my skeptic about Die Hard being a Christmas movie friend, admit that off camera deaths count, the body count in White Christmas is 26,000. 128 people in the Battle of the Bulge, the opening scene in the movie. And that's just one of his going on about how Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And he's, you know, had the hashtag on his Twitter of Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, he also had some people say, Hey, it was released in July to which he countered with Miracle on 34th street was released in June. So whatever, it doesn't matter. Right? Mm -hmm. So he's pretty solidly on board that it is in fact a Christmas movie. And then the last thing I had was from director John McTiernan. He did a kind of, he did a video for AFI just last year. And the video was called behind the scene director, John McTiernan on making the Christmas classic die hard is what that was actually called. And the whole thing is worth listening to because he definitely goes into a bunch of detail, but at least I'll say before I read the quote, He starts out the video by saying, how did Die Hard become a Christmas movie? So he's answering this question that in his mind is settled. But uh, here's what he had to say in reference to it and also talking a little bit about A Wonderful Life. He said specifically the Potter sequence of It's a Wonderful Life he was referring to, which is what happens when the evil banker gets to do what he wants in the community without George getting in the way to stop it. And it's the clearest demonstration and criticism of runaway, unregulated, cowboy capitalism that's ever been done in an American movie. It was imagination then, but now, if you go out in most of the country, it's the life people live. So I went to Joel Silver and I said, Okay, if you want me to make this terrorist movie, I want to make it where the hero in the first scene, when the limo driver apologizes that he's never been in a limo before, the hero says, It's alright, I've never ridden in a limo before a working-class hero. And Joel understood what I meant. And he said, okay. And so we started to work on it. Everybody, as they came to work on the movie, began to get, as I said, this idea of this movie as an escapee. And there was a joy in it because we were all the scratchers on the side of the king's tomb. We had changed the content, and that is how Die Hard became uh, we had not intended it to be a Christmas movie, but the joy that came from it is what turned it into a Christmas movie. And that's really the best I can tell you about it. And so some of those comments that he makes in there talking about it as an escapee and scratchers on the sides of the king's tombs. He was talking about the idea how art used to be, basically, the stuff that survives is artists doing work illustrating and painting kings and royalty and that... It's only kind of a little bit later in art history, at least in his assessment anyway, that uh, artists start drawing whoever they want, whatever they want. And that's kind of their act of rebellion and that it's that kind of work that was harder to get out. so he was kind of talking about this as an escapee with the idea that this is something that sneaked past the powers that be. So the capitalists from keeping it from happening. And the scratchers on the side of the king's tomb is the idea of like, here's artwork that doesn't have anything to do with the kings, but it's still visible and very visible. And so he viewed that as kind of like, I guess in a way, the sort of this anti-capitalist theme within the movie as being a sort of Christmas theme to the movie and being sort of a nod to the path of art history. Anyway, it was really interesting. It's only an 11 minute video. Highly recommend watching it.
2: It's kind of an interesting idea. Be- Sorry, I'm coughing a little bit. Um, kind of an interesting idea because most Christmas movies will tend to fall back on the true meaning of Christmas and moving away from uh the gift-giving and the money spending and the capitalism behind Christmas. So you could kind of say that Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman falling off Nakatomi Plaza is the conquering of the Christmas capitalism and the reminder of the true meaning of Christmas.
0: Which is saving Holly Gennaro, <laughs> whose first name is Holly, by the way. Right.
1: Yeah. Ah. Right there.
4: Interesting. I never put that together.
0: So now we have the opinions of some of the main people, well, not the main people, we'll say, but some of the big names that worked on it. (laughs) So I guess, why does everyone come at it the way that they are? What are some of the underlying reasons that you said yes or that you said no?
2: So I'll kind of start it off. I was looking, like I said from the beginning, I was kind of looking at it from the perspective of could all of the things that are happening here would it all be happening the same way if it was any other time of year like was the fact that it was Christmas Eve did that become an important plot point, and I do think that in a way it was, but I also think like the whole reason that Bruce Willis or the whole reason that John McLean was there was because it was Christmas time and he was going to kind of reconcile things with his family for Christmas, but I also sort of think. This is why it's still in the maybe category for me, is I think that all of this context of the movie, everything that happens in the movie, could have happened any other time of the year and would have played out almost exactly the same. But that said, I also took note of there were several mentions of Christmas, Christmas carols, people singing throughout the entire movie. So it's kind of like... Is it so important that this happened on December 24th or not? Because the rest of the movie is still laced with Christmas stuff? I don't know. That's kind of why I'm in the maybe category still.
1: I have a, a thought. Okay. So admittedly, some of this is a little bit of a stretch, but I started thinking about it and comparing it to other Christmas movies. And since we all said... Christmas Carol a Muppet Christmas Carol like that's kind of fitting cuz I was uh, uh, comparing it to a Christmas Carol and I started thinking to myself there's a lot of parallels here again some of them are stretch but I think that like John McClain is in a way visited by the ghosts of Christmas past Christmas present and uh, the ghost of Christmas yet to come when he meets Argyle the limo driver Argyle is Asking him all these questions and kind of digging out of him like, okay, well, why are you here? What happened in your past? You know, okay, you're, you're not with your wife. You know, what happened with that? And, you know, then he ha- he looks at it, like the pictures of his kids. Um, anyways, he's sort of forced to kind of think about all that stuff from his past. And then the ghost of Christmas Present is sort of like when he gets there, he starts talking to his, uh, to Holly. Everything's fine, but then they, uh, you know, he finds out she's going by Janeiro. Like she's moving on with her life and doesn't necessarily need him. Um, there may still be a place for him in her life if he can let go of his pride, and he's not really willing to at the at that moment, at least that would be i guess the ghost of christmas present for me and then the ghost of christmas yet to come like later in the third act specifically when he like has to run through the glass and then he's in the bathroom like pulling the shards of glass out of his feet and then he's sitting there and he like radios sergeant powell and is like hey uh i got a real bad feeling about this like i'm not sure i'm gonna make it out of here can you please tell holly i'm sorry i should have had more faith in her You know, that she's what's important to me. It's that whole he has to face his own mortality kind of thing to kind of remember or realize what's important. So anyways, that was a thing thing that I thought about when I was kind of comparing it to other
2: Christmas movies. That's cool. I never thought about that like that. But it's wrong. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shoot.
4: I guess... That kind of like brings into question does see, it's hard for me because you mentioned like your heart versus your head earlier. And I feel like my heart wants this movie to be a Christmas movie because I like it so much and I like that it's set at Christmas because I don't know, it adds a little bit of flavor to it. And if you were like, hey, it's Christmas time, do you want to watch Die Hard? I would be like, sure cause it's a good movie and I like it. But my head is telling me that it's not a Christmas movie because even though there's like Christmas imagery throughout the whole thing, Christmas or like, um, I guess like, there's no theme, like Christmas related theme that kind of ties the story together. And by that, I guess I mean, When you think of Christmas movies, you think of like there's a moral of the story at the end related to family or uh, just Christmas in general. I don't know how to explain what I'm thinking. I think it has to end with it being Christmas and that being a major part of the ending of the story. Whereas I feel like this story could have taken place at any time of the year and had the same exact themes. Am I making sense? Yeah,
0: I think
2: so. I think I kind of get what you're saying where like a lot of Christmas movies have that like, "Mm, I'm disappointed moment and then the person that you're waiting for Slaps the door open and they're there and there's like and then we open presents and everybody's happy and hopeful and the true meaning of Christmas is restored And there's not really a moment like that for this movie.
4: I feel like in Die Hard Christmas Like I said, there's imagery and it's like a recurring motif. I even wrote down like I Wrote down all the parts that Christmas imagery happened so at the beginning at the Christmas party Um, after he beats up that German dude and then he sends him down the elevator with now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 which was a great part. Um, (laughs) there, when they said when the, I believe it was the technician guy was saying, was reading the night before Christmas over the radio, then there's random decorations are all around the, are all around the office that are Christmas decorations and then mentions of it being Christmas Eve, like, oh, we can't turn the power grid off, it's Christmas Eve. And of course the ending song being Let It Snow. But even though all of that imagery is there, I don't think Christmas makes a difference to the story and therefore I don't think it's a Christmas movie necessarily. Yeah, that's what I think.
0: I guess I would have a question involved with that and I have to acknowledge that I am cribbing from another Stevens, uh, the co-writer of this movie, who he posted something involving comparing Die Hard and White Christmas. So Mitz, uh, my question to be, would be, have you, have you seen White Christmas?
4: No, I have not. Okay. Well,
0: so that's is... not going to work that well. <laughs> no, it's
4: not. <laughs> oh, no. I want
3: to hear it. White Christmas is part of my trifecta.
0: Okay. Cool, and then you can help me out on some of the details because it's been a while since I've watched it. But he was okay. pointing out that uh, Die Hard takes place entirely on Christmas. My Meanwhile, White uh-huh. Christmas, really only the last scene pretty much takes place on Christmas. Uh-huh. And then uh, Die Hard is entirely set at a Christmas party. And again, White Christmas, like you just got that final scene. He's comparing the number of Christmas songs in each movie. With Die Hard, you have Let It Snow and Winter Wonderland and uh, Christmas in Hollis. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. But then with White Christmas, you only have two Christmas songs, White Christmas and Snow. So he's kind of comparing and saying everyone thinks of White Christmas as a Christmas movie, but really Die Hard is more Christmassy by the numbers.
4: I agree. But are we... Are we basing our opinion on this movie on another movie? I mean, that doesn't seem like a good measure,
3: you know what I'm saying? Are we holding White Christmas as the Christmas standard is the question, right?
1: I think we all decided that Muppet Christmas Carol was the standard.
3: (laughs) Muppet Christmas Carol is the standard, but because that's perfection, not the unedited version, though. But because that's perfection, I don't know that we can really compare this to it. But I'm following the White Christmas analogy, and I do agree that... Die Hard absolutely by the numbers is far more Christmas than White Christmas can be.
0: And so I think the point that he's trying to make, and my point in bringing it up, isn't necessarily that White Christmas is somehow the metric that we judge other Christmas movies by, but just to say we are willing to accept that White Christmas is a Christmas movie, but looking at the actual Christmas iconography used in the movie, It's less than Die Hard. So why do we accept White Christmas as a Christmas movie, but it's a question if Die Hard is a Christmas movie when it checks more of those boxes?
4: Hmm. There's Christmas in the title.
0: (laughs) And maybe that's it, right?
2: To riff off of that also, I think that's a good point, too, that Christmas is in the title. But also, there's a lot of really kind of quintessential Christmas movies where the final scene is the only thing that actually is on christmas day like if you look at the santa claus you know part of it is christmas eve and christmas day but most of the movie is taking place during the entirety of the year that's not christmas home alone the very last scene is on christmas day so i don't know that that kind of logic about how many? How much time in the movie is actually spent on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? I don't think necessarily a Christmas movie makes.
4: No, I don't think so either. I don't think it matters when. When, but it does matter that Christmas is a driving force in the movie, in my opinion. Right. And of obviously, you know, Santa Claus. It is because he's Santa Claus. <laughs>
3: I think the fact that it's Christmas, though, set a lot of things into motion for Die Hard. I think that, like, okay, so, like, one of the running gags is, you know, John McClane's in this dire situation, like, barefoot, you know, sweating bullets. His cheap little 80s tattoo is, like, really pulling its weight on his arm, right? But none of the people who he's calling is helping him. Like, the 911 dispatcher, I think thinks that he's crank calling. I think that they assume this and everybody's real relaxed and not paying attention because it's Christmas. Everybody's having a party and I think that the fact that it is Christmas is like part of the reason why these uh these bad German dudes who why does why do the German dudes look like serial killers to begin with? I feel like one of them looked like Fabio. So there's German Fabio, there's slightly brunette Fabio, and then there's like German Jeffrey Dahmer. Did anybody else get that vibe? Because I sure did.
4: <laughs> it's definitely the eighties fashion. It makes everybody look like a serial killer. Is that what it is? It just <laughs> I, I don't know. It read it read
3: Midwestern Killer to me. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but anyway, going back to the original point twenty minutes ago, is I do think that Christmas is a kind of a linchpin for a lot of plot points throughout the entire movie.
2: I would kind of counterpoint that that I think well, I do agree that maybe that's true that we're supposed to infer that some of the police are being more lax and stuff because of it's Christmas Eve. I don't know if that's ever explicitly said in the movie, though, is it?
0: No, I wouldn't say that it is. I think that. That's probably a good assumption on the part of the audience, and that makes sense to me, but no, I don't know that it's ever explicitly said. Correct me if I'm wrong.
4: No, I can't can't think of a time.
2: I mean, you're wrong about a lot of things, but I don't know about this particular thing.
0: I mean, I agree, look at my life so far, but that's okay. (laughs)
2: Self-burn. Ooh. You went. You ended up here on this podcast, so you must be doing something right. Immolation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think like if this could have taken place. It didn't have to take place at Christmas, but I think it was important that it took place. I, I would agree that it being Christmas was a bit of a linchpin. Um, it could have been a different holiday, but like you know, the whole point. It was like the building was mostly empty except for this one party because everybody was home on Christmas. And, you know, there's several other little pop-up things that, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have to be Christmas, but it did have to be something going on.
2: To kind of counterpoint myself on that, too, if we're thinking about what was the writer's intention and the director's intention, I mean, they could have put this you know, during any normal time of the year, but they decided to put it on Christmas. So there is that added aspect of it. I don't necessarily think Christmas is a driving factor all the time in the movie, but they chose to have all these Christmas motifs in it. And it's definitely not just a, there was a Christmas tree in the atrium of the building kind of a thing. Like, there's Christmas stuff throughout the whole thing. So if we're talking about whether it was their choice and how we're interpreting the message that they were trying to send, then yeah, I think you can say that it is Christmas in that factor, in that way, I mean.
4: I've been sitting on this since the beginning of recording and I think for the sake of not being stubborn, I think I would be willing to say it is a Christmas movie for one reason. And that is because even though I don't think it has Christmas as like a driving force, it does have like family love as a driving force, like a very overwhelming theme throughout the movie. And I think that it that is present in like a lot of Christmas movies. So because of that, I would be willing to say it is. But, if you took that out, absolutely, there's no way. But you know what? I'll say it is I'll say it is for the relationship between John and his wife and the way that it is mended throughout the film.
3: and the end credits roll to a Christmas song. I'm sorry, that was a clincher for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry, I had a random piece of trivia. uh you were Brianna, you were saying like, why do these all these guys all look like serial killers? Great. Right. Yeah, so apparently, like, only a few of them were actually German or European, um, but they were cast specifically for their menacing appearance.
3: Oh, see?
1: Yeah, nine of the 12 guys were over six feet tall. And the the other kind of funny thing, the other bit, bit of trivia that I had found was that Bruce Willis is actually more German than Hans Gruberg because he, he was actually born in Germany to an American yes. father and a German mother. And Alan Rickman was uh, is was born in England, so anyways, funny little trivias.
3: Alan Rickman is also just fantastic, by the way.
4: Oh, he is so absolutely I love him in this movie. Every time he smiles, it's like you beautiful man.
3: Can we talk about how bad his American accent is, though?
2: This, that part's my favorite <laughs> part. I think
3: <laughs> it's so awkward. It's so painful. I just want him to like suddenly break character and just be like Potter. I would die.
4: <laughs> when he talks slow, he sounds like Snape. Put the gun down now.
0: <laughs> so the other interesting random bit of trivia involving the henchman is that Carl, the, the big bad, if you will, of the henchman that gets shot at the end by uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. So that mm-hmm. guy he was a professional ballet dancer before doing this film and there's like video that you can find out there of him uh just yeah dancing up a storm and it's kind of
4: all they had to do was put him in there dancing the nutcracker and that would have sealed it for me immediately
3: yeah then it would be christmas oh god slap him against
2: you know dance the Sugar Plum fairy and it would have been that would have been fire honestly
0: And honestly, the dude could pull it off, so that would have been amazing.
4: Is the Nutcracker a Christmas story? That's a great question.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: Next episode. (laughs) You know, there's not that much Christmas in that story, to be honest.
2: Well, Pentatonix had Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy on one of their Christmas albums, so I think we can safely say that it's a Christmas movie
0: so one of the things that was interesting to me while i was looking stuff up so going back to the idea of you know maybe there being three elements to classifying a movie right like there's the intent of the people that made it the actual content itself and then the people that are receiving it and so some of the statistics that some people had looked up when i was kind of doing some research on what people thought about this is that you have with holiday movies that they tend to get searched more around the holidays they're related to versus non-holiday movies that have roughly the same amount of searches throughout the year. And so this one guy on his website, and Stephen Follows is his name. There's a lot of Stevens in this that aren't me anyway, but he spells it the Lord's Way, which is with a PH. Anyhow, beside <laughs> all that... So he was trying to determine if Die Hard is a Christmas movie by looking at statistical data. And so one of the things that he was pulling up was that, uh, first off, when you look at lists of Christmas movies on IMDb, that ones that specifically say they're Christmas movie lists included about 1,320 different films that he could find over the, looking at all of these lists that he pulled. And he pulled a lot of lists and that the 22nd most frequently cited movie was Die Hard. So it comes up a lot on IMDb as far as Christmas movie lists. So there's that. Uh, The next thing he found is going back to the searches, that spikes in searches for Die Hard go up both for Google and Wikipedia around December, around Christmas time. And the other thing that was interesting is Google searches have been increasing. So it was tracking from 2009 to 2017, and you could see on this graph, each year people were searching Die Hard more and more with each subsequent Christmas. So it's something that people are thinking about and at least searching for more and more as time goes on. So my question then is, What, what, how much do you feel that that matters? Can this movie, if you're not sure about it, become a Christmas movie, even if it doesn't have some of these other elements, even if there's not enough of some elements, by sheer consent of the masses of people saying, we're watching this on Christmas, we enjoy doing that, we're going to keep doing it, we're gonna be doing it more and more. Does that affect how you view
4: it? For me, it actually does, surprisingly.
3: Because I'm a sheeple. For me, I don't think it would.
0: So it affects it for Umits, but it doesn't affect it for you, Brianna.
4: Correct. Both of you elaborate on that. I guess it's for me. It's just a subjective answer. I. I don't know. I don't have an an. I don't have an explanation.
3: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't think that people watching it around Christmas time necessarily will make it a Christmas movie. I think that people will watch a movie around Christmas time that is still a Christmas movie anyway.
4: Yeah.
0: So, I guess part of the thing that comes to mind with this, and I'm going to cite a random item. I don't know if anyone knows the history behind it. I certainly don't one of the things that we think of at least as far as christmas is mistletoe right so hanging the mistletoe kissing someone under the mistletoe that's a very christmasy thing to have happen we would all agree on that at least right sure
1: your it's mistletoe pagan, is pagan. No but... match for my toe missile.
0: you're you're not wrong on both the toe missile and the pagan part but <laughs> that having been said i'm not sure that i know exactly where that tradition came from and maybe this is a bad example if someone does but my point being that whether or not something is a christmas tradition something that we at least associate with the holiday depends on the culture that you're within and acceptance over time right so all of us are sure that it's a christmas thing now but at some point it wasn't some point in the past it was not and someone introduced it People accepted it, became more of a thing. Now granted, if someone was watching some random movie that had nothing to do with Christmas at all whatsoever, just because it's on my mind with the recent release, we'll say The Matrix as an example. Say everyone was watching The Matrix at Christmas time. That would be weird to me, but what if we got to a point a few decades, a few generations from now where everyone just, that's the thing you do. Everyone watches The Matrix on Christmas. That's, that's just a Christmas thing and it seems strange to us now but at that point where everyone's accepting and doing that you know suddenly it feels christmasy and that generation wouldn't even question it so i kind of wonder if we are heading that direction with die hard does it help that it is on christmas that it does have christmas elements sure because that at least makes some sort of logical sense for why people would approach it but we could get into a place where generations from now People don't even question that it's a Christmas movie because everyone in the United States is watching Die Hard on Christmas, or at least a significant portion, so no one's even asking that question anymore. And I was thinking about that in terms of that's kind of how tropes in movies develop in the first place, right? Someone does it, it gets associated with some genre, and then it's a thing that always happens in that genre. But someone had to make the decision first, and then it had to catch on, but now we don't question it after seeing it so many times.
2: I mean, that that's true of uh, so many holiday traditions. I mean, a lot of things um, happen like just in terms of like foods that we eat around the holidays. Some of that happens because of like uh, the harvest or whatever it is. But like people in Florida and California still eat pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving. So it's like something that always makes you think of Thanksgiving, for example. So that maybe I kind of feel like maybe that's a weak point now. But anyhow, to <laughs> to counterpoint uh, the whole like viewing things at Christmas time, I would say like, sometimes I think about Harry Potter as being like a Halloween movie or even Christmas movies in a way because whenever it's Christmas time, it seems like they're slamming Harry Potter marathons on every channel on TV. So that's kind of like, that's one that seems to get watched a lot during Christmas that's definitely not a Christmas movie.
0: It's true. I do see that show up a lot, too, as far as like something that people consider a Christmassy thing to do. And I think, at least for Harry Potter, it kind of makes sense because they all have, like, not all of them, but a lot of them have that Christmas scene, you know? Especially the Chris Columbus ones.
2: Yeah, like well, the Chris Chris Columbus basically he can't make a movie that doesn't feel like Christmas. Like (laughs) that's pretty pretty much his mo. But like you know, they're taking place over the course of a school year, so you hit you hit Christmas in every one.
0: Although oddly enough, I haven't seen a Chris Columbus film that feels like Christopher Columbus Day, so I don't know what that's about.
2: Yeah, that's a fair point.
0: I mean, it's in the name.
2: That is kind of weird. Like, can you think of a Chris Columbus movie that doesn't feel at least a little Christmassy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm pulling up a list. I have to see. In the meantime, I... Just to go back to that point, I guess, like, I I do think it matters that we kind of collectively accept it as a Christmas movie, as a a culture. Um, But I think in this in this movie's specific instance it kind of does still matter that it is at christmas i it's pretty foreign to me the idea of like say to use your example to like pull matrix out and be like okay well we're all going to start watching matrix at christmas time then that seems a little out of out of nowhere for me and hard to grasp but because this one it's an action movie that takes place at christmas whether or not christmas is the focus like it still kind of matters And I think there's a strong case for it to be a Christmas movie because of that. You know, people have, like, Christmas parties. They get together with their family and the people they care about and, you know, watch Die Hard. You know, I don't know. I don't know how much that happens. But, you know, we always watch it and we always, you know, watch it with friends or, you know, something. I do think that it matters how, what people are doing with it. And that they just have chosen to have it be a Christmas thing whether that's the point of the movie or not.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree that there's something to the idea of how the masses perceive it.
0: So that list of uh, Christopher Columbus movies, uh, some obvious ones, he either wrote or directed the following. We've got Gremlins, which we talked about last time. And then we've also got Home Alone on there, Home Alone 2. We've got... Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, we've also got the Christmas Chronicles 2. But then on top of that, we also have things that I have no idea if they feel Christmassy, right? Is uh, like uh, Goonies and Young Sherlock Holmes and Adventures in Babysitting, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire.
3: Goonies is a perfect film, by the way, just putting that out there goonies is (laughs) it's pretty damn good i just re-watched it i mean there are some things that don't translate anymore in terms of humor but overall solid fucking movie it's great
0: it's one that i didn't grow up watching so i don't have the nostalgia surrounding it i'm not saying i think it's good or bad i'm not making a value judgment it's just not one that's as big of a deal to me. So I need to rewatch it at some point point see what I think. But perfect, you say?
3: I think so. But I think it was also a really nostalgic movie for me. It was like, I think it was my first, like, kids adventure movie. I was real little when I watched it. I was like five. It made that big of an impression on me. I was convinced that I was going to go find some treasure. Like, you have no idea. I dug up my whole fucking yard. Drove my parents nuts. Didn't find anything. For real? Oh yeah, <laughs> I no idea. Yeah. That's, I, that is awesome I was trivia. super conv- Yeah, I was super convinced that I was going to find treasure. Like I was Nicolas Cage up in there with the Declaration of Independence. It was real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great.
2: <laughs> so, I think that I will say that it is a Christmas movie because of how it feels, the intention both of the directors and writers and all the Christmas motifs and the whole kind of idea that this is like, it almost feels like an I'll be home for Christmas sort of story that just gets interrupted by terrorists. Um, And yeah, I kind of, although... To me, it still doesn't feel right as being like the Christmas connoisseur of the group here. I kind of it still doesn't feel a hundred percent right for me to like sit down and get cozy and watch this during Christmas time. It doesn't give me the cozy feelings that watching like Home Alone and the Santa Claus does. But I still think it kind of does hit that Christmas movie category.
4: I'll say it's Christmas. I'll say it's a Christmas movie because my heart says it is. And you know what? It's Christmas time. So
2: listen to your heart.
4: <laughs> Even though that I still don't think Christmas is as heavy as it, I think it should be to be a Christmas movie, I will say that as a Christmas action love child this does a pretty good job at tying those two things together
2: christmas action love child you say
4: yes that is die hard all right (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: well feel free to come back to this if you have any other final thoughts on it but because we are a horror podcast i'm at least going to ask this final question of everybody what is your favorite christmas horror movie
3: that's unfair gremlins no that is unfair. <laughs> there cannot only be one. That's rude. Ooh, well that's fine. You can name a couple of oh, choices No, that's a
2: Duncan MacLeod.
3: Oh god. Oh, <laughs> yes, the Scottish Highlander with the Spanish accent. Or what was his accent? Belgian? What was he? I don't even know who that actor was. Anyway.
2: <laughs> it really makes sense if you dig into the lore. <laughs> <laughs>
3: if we're all right i'll pick three horror christmas movies but that's it perfect you can't give me less than three okay so krampus like i thoroughly enjoyed it i'm pissed off that i have to pay to watch it this season but i will anyway because i always watch it gremlins because that is a horror christmas movie and probably black christmas Oh, but you know what? A close runner-up is a really terrible DVD I found once in a bin called Santa Sleigh, and that was a good one too. So let's put that in there for half a point.
0: Oh God, Santa Slay? Serious? Oh, Mark it's Goldberg? so
3: good. It was so good. Terrible. One of the most magical uh, miracles I've ever seen. He Renewed my faith in the Fran season. Frank Drescher alive. It's hilarious. Fun for the whole family.
0: I will point out. And because, you know, Joe mentioned this briefly just for a sec there for his vindication, but you did call Gremlins Christmas horror.
3: It is Christmas horror. I know.
0: You're changing your opinion from I've heart. had a change of heart
3: since the last episode.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Okay, well there's a quick addendum to the Gremlins episode. Brianna's vote is now it is horror.
3: Well, you know, Mitz <laughs> admitted that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I can give a little too. <laughs>
0: It's a second Christmas miracle. That's two Christmas miracles in one
3: podcast.
2: It is the season of giving, so. It's Christmas.
1: It's Christmas, Theo. The time of miracles. That's a quote from Die Hard.
0: Damn skippy. Well, let's continue this fun roll call of Christmas horror.
4: Mine is also Gremlins. Although one of the first movies that ever scarred me as a child was A Christmas Story because of the scene where he sticks his tongue to the bowl. The first time I saw that, I cried. <laughs> and then, of course, I tried it and it worked. <laughs> it was very painful and my tongue bled. For real? That's For real. an amazing story.
0: I'm sorry that your tongue bled, but also, I don't know if I've met anyone that had done that. So that's.
4: In my okay. mind, I was thinking, well, this is terrifying. There's no way this could be real. And it was. It was definitely real. I stuck my tongue to a pole.
1: Uh, yep. Yeah, I I love that it traumatized you, but you still did it. That is pretty awesome.
2: I don't know if I've ever really watched a Christmas horror movie, but I would gladly point out some scenes from Christmas movies That terrified me as a kid. So, one, the Muppet Christmas Carol, the ghost of Christmas future, is very frightening. Christmas Yet to Come was very frightening for me as a child. And I remember being really scared of that. I also even remember being scared of um, Marley and Marley and their whole little ghost dance scene. Uh, but when you I was weren't a kid scared
4: of the ghost of present she's terrifying
2: The ghost, yeah, the ghost of she's, Christmas she's past She's
4: absolutely haunting.
2: I think she's scarier now she she's the go- I, I Think that she's scarier in HD but like I was watching this back <laughs> on like a ray tube TV like on a VHS and like you could barely even make out What was face was on her? now if i'm watching it in hd the face looks creepy as hell but like back then you couldn't really tell
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah she yeah it's not right
2: (laughs) but um so that scene was very frightening to me i also think if anybody's watched polar express there's like a whole sequence where he meets this like ghost guy on top of the train there's like that's really frightening um
4: <laughs> i love that part of the movie
2: the live act- the live action grinch kind of has a little bit of frightening parts i'm going off i wasn't actually ever scared of that but i'm going off things that have scared my children now but yeah i think that there's some there's some scary elements in a lot of horror and a lot of christmas movies a lot of a lot of ghosts there's a lot of ghosts in christmas movies
3: That's because Christmas used to be all about the ghosts. Like, the Victorians were all up in that shit with the spooky stuff on Christmas Eve. That's what you did.
2: I mean, it makes kind of makes sense, yeah.
0: And I think, and I could be wrong on this, again, not a historian here, but... At least some of that has to do with Dickens' A Christmas Carol, right? Because he's yep. incorporating all these ghosts. But then I guess there's a the question, too, of which, which way that flows, right? Are there the ghosts first and he incorporates it? Because why wouldn't you? Because that was the thing to do? Or was it he incorporates the ghosts and then afterward everyone's like, oh, yeah, ghosts at Christmas makes sense.
3: I think it was a bit of column A, column B. Well, fun fact for you.
4: Charles Dickens was in the London Ghost Club so he kind of had his own fascination with it
0: that's interesting i didn't know that i like
3: victorian stuff charles dickens was a spooky mofo you heard it here first folks
2: well isn't (laughs) is isn't the saying like there's a saying scared the dickens out of you is that actually referring to charles dickens
3: i don't know somebody needs to research that though because that's amazing pause while everyone googles
2: pause (laughs) while we're all googling
3: Oh, it has nothing to do with Charles Dickens. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Damn. So close.
2: thought I had something there. (laughs) Shoot.
3: Oh, one explanation is that it's a euphemism for the devil or old Nick. This is from some website? I don't know. Sounds pretty reputable. There you go. Completely legit. Absolutely.
0: Good, good. Glad we figured this out. Joseph, do you have a favorite Christmas horror movie?
1: Um, I'll say that uh that's a bit of a a hole for me. I guess I haven't watched a lot of horror Christmas movies. At two, Joe. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. I guess I got to go with Gremlins kind of just because it's one of the only ones That I really have seen, and it is a horror movie.
3: (laughs) I already conceded. God. (laughs) I
4: picked that movie because I also haven't seen any others. So. Uh,
3: That's fine. I guess we have a
4: lot to learn before next Christmas. That's okay. We'll we'll fix it.
3: Everybody, go watch Santa's Sleigh. That's your homework. Oh, that's the one you're going to send them to. (laughs) <laughs> it's so bad
4: slay as an s-l-a-y
3: yeah maybe probably yeah
4: slay as an s-l-a-y yes
3: yes it's terrible highly recommend it
4: sounds amazing
0: it stars goldberg the wrestler and the plot of it is that santa was always a malevolent monster and always liked the idea of running around just killing people but that he was trapped for i want to say a thousand years and forced to be the jolly old saint nick we all know and love and then Mm -hmm. the curse finally lifted and he was allowed to go on the murdering spree he always
3: wanted yeah santa rages it's great someone actually gets facebooked it's great
1: that does sound amazing
0: for me though i've got to say i yeah it's a bit of a tie between things as well like uh the original black christmas is great i do Probably end up watching Krampus every year as well, because that one is excellent. It goes hand in hand with Trick or Treat since they're directed by the same person.
3: I did not know that. I had no idea. That makes a lot of sense. Of course I like it.
0: Now you know, and knowing is half the battle.
3: And the other half is violence.
0: And then another one too that I have, I didn't watch it last year, but I've watched a few Christmases, is a, A Christmas Horror Story, which is an anthology christmas movie that's kind of fun i'm not going to say it's amazing or anything but it's a fun movie
3: i feel like i watched that uh and yes i agree it's a delightful romp
0: however i cannot in good conscience recommend jack frost the the snowman
2: horror movie i oh that movie.
0: that's bad yeah it made me sad inside
2: it just sounds like a bad idea
0: i think maybe it could have been a good idea in someone else's hands but not in the hands that it was put in Well, cool. Any other final thoughts for
2: this episode? God bless us, everyone.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Merry Christmas to everybody. Thanks for joining us on Christmas Eve. And if you didn't join us on Christmas Eve, thanks for joining us anyway. What? The next episode that we are going to have, we're going to be talking about the original Scream just in time for the new movie to come out and then our intention after that is to review the the new movie after that so you'll have two scream episodes in the month of january feel free to join us again for that so merry christmas and uh bye everybody bye Bye. Bye. bye bye thanks for joining us at is it horror we post new episodes every other friday Think we didn't give this movie a fair shake? Think we missed something? Do you have a suggestion for future episodes? Do you just want to say hi? You can follow us at is it Horror on Twitter. We have a Discord server coming soon. You can also email us at IsItHorrorPodcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay safe and keep asking yourself,
2: Is
0: it horror?